Welcome to I'm Obsessed With This, the Netflix podcast about the shows and films viewers cannot get enough of. Today I'm joined in the studio by chief critic at Vanity Fair and co-host of the amazing Little Gold Men podcast, Richard Lawson. Hello. Hi. Thank you for coming in today. I'm in the stream. You are. You are. You were just in L.A., weren't you? Yeah, talk about the stream. Yeah, I was there for the Oscars, um, mm-hmm. which was obviously for our podcast, which talks a lot about award seasons, both Emmys and uh, you know movie awards. Uh, yeah, it was a big weekend for us, and it all went pretty well. I mean, especially with you know the big the big winner. That's good. And you're best friends with Laura Dern and Renee Zellweger now. I hear. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, great. they've been sleeping on in my apartment for a while because yeah. I you know there's between homes, mm-hmm. but I think now that they are Oscar winners, I think. Yeah. You know. So you're gonna see them next time you're in L.A. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. That's really nice. They're so sweet. And one They're of them is going to get like a guest house, I think, and I'll just do that whole thing. That's really nice. Today yeah. we're here to talk about all kinds of things. The Oscars, which we already started, Netflix original films, not Netflix original films. Maybe we might even talk about Kate Hudson. <laughs> I wonder if your listeners will know that that is a particular fascination of, of ours. <laughs> I wanted to start with kind of a, a high-level question. Mm-hmm. Um, because you watch movies for a living, mm, partly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is one of the things. I was talking to someone today. Uh, there was a tweet. There was kind of an annoying tweet where someone was what? basically... <laughs> there was someone who was kind of making fun of their mother by oh. posting a text with her oh, saying, yeah. she doesn't even know what I do. And I was thinking, I don't even know what half of my friends do. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> even if I know their job titles and mm-hmm. where they work, I couldn't give you any sense of what their day-to-day is. Everyone is Chandler Bing to you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, but with you, it's like, I know I can understand what your job is. Yeah. You watch things, you write criticism of those things, Correct. you provide commentary on cultural things. Uh-huh. It's very understandable. Good. So well, it's, it's like, an old job. You I mean, know, it's been yeah. around. It's a, it's a job as old as the media industry. Or I think even they probably had critics in the you know ancient Greek just play screaming, days. Just screaming, just screaming in the plaza. Right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you could have done yeah. that in your little robe. You know that Oedipus Rex got second place its year <laughs> at the Dionysian <laughs> thing, and but they don't know what one. They don't know what one. It's just lost. It's to lost. It was in. The, it was in. Yeah. The, it was in the library. Right. Yeah. So you watch movies for a living, you travel a lot, you watch things digitally, you watch things on DVDs, you watch things in theaters, you watch things with big audiences, small audiences, in a, in an airplane, in your hotel room, mm. on your bed, in your living room. What is, this is not, and this is not like a Netflix loaded question, like say Netflix, <laughs> what is your ideal movie going experience? Like where's your oh. favorite place to watch a movie? My favorite place to watch a movie. Not TV shows, because I feel like that's very separate. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say, and it's a very privileged answer. Mm-hmm. My favorite at place to see House. a movie is yeah. at the Cannes Film Festival. Okay, because the seats are comfortable, mm-hmm. although they don't have air conditioning, you can't bring water in, so that is bad. But they they just make such a grand sort of spectacle of the whole thing. And there's this beautiful. I think it's maybe on YouTube, but maybe someone recorded it. But before every movie, they don't do any advertisements like Sundance does or Toronto does. It's just the logo for the for the festival. But it's like there's a little presentation of it with this beautiful music and the, the, the gold logo comes up and everyone claps and you just feel like you're really about to see something very special, even if the movie that follows is not very good. But sometimes you see something like Carol and it's like a very magical night. Yeah. Um, but that is a rarefied answer. I think in truth, my actual favorite way to see a movie is in a mostly empty multiplex especially the ones with the nice seats now with like a big soda, which is I do a probably 85% diet ginger ale, 10% real ginger ale, 5% cherry ginger ale. And it's basically a diet Shirley Temple and it's very good. Is this a drink that you would only serve yourself like at one of those freestyle machines or would you ask someone to make that? I would never in a million years (laughs) ask someone. Because I used to work in a movie theater and the biggest selling drink back when I worked in movie theater in what, 2002? Mm Mm-hmm. Half diet. 
Half Coke. Okay, that's more reasonable. Number if I was one, like number one. Drink. I'm 36, and I'd like my little <laughs> sweet drink, please. Like I don't think that would I would be little, embarrassed. You you sound like Uncle Frank from Home Alone. <laughs> no, 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 uh, uh, right there, no, right there, no, no. Okay, so what have you been watching lately, though? Um, lately, well, actually, I'm in, a, I'm in kind of a nice rebuilding time because we're done with all the Oscar stuff. Mm-hmm. I never want to talk about certain of those movies ever again. Mm-hmm. But what about Marriage um, Story, Richard? What about Marriage Story and the Two Popes? Well, of course, I want what to talk about those. I mean, I'm talking about those every <laughs> single day of my life. For the rest of your life? Yeah, for the rest okay. of my life, that's just mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Um, I just don't want to talk about, you know, bad movies like Parasite. And yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. But... Um, so I'm 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 catching up on some smaller things that from earlier this year that I missed. Um, I have to see a lot of like genre stuff to review. So like I'll go see, um, you know, like uh, Fantasy Island or um, Sonic the Hedgehog or you know like silly things that are kind of out right now, which is a nice kind of brain cleanse. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my spare time, um, I'm I'm actually kind of catching up with TV because what ends up happening between basically the fall film festivals at the end of August and early September till the Oscars, I just feel like I don't, ha- which is, you know, almost six months. I mm-hmm. feel like I don't have time to watch all these great shows that people are, are always talking about. So um, there's some stuff I want to catch up on. The new season of Homeland is starting, which I'm very excited about. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like, this is my, my rebuilding time it, um, until the aforementioned Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you mind, I did this with another guest. If you don't yeah. want to do this, I can completely cut it. Do you mind if I look through your Netflix app? Yeah, of course. So I'm I'm holding Richard's phone right now, and I just want to look through some of the things he's been watching recently, some of the categories he has. Because the thing about Netflix app is that everyone's looks different. Yeah, you know, like you know when you go when you go probably even like when you go on your boyfriend's account, and it's like a horror show, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, yeah. where am I? Like you right. look at someone else's, and it looks like a completely different landscape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and really because it is, it is, it's so unique. His is yourself. all like sci-fi shows and all these things that I never mm-hmm. watched. Yeah. And then, I mean, aside from like, you know, everyone's being told to watch The Irishman, right? Your marriage the, story. What is that? <laughs> but it's like, okay, so I'm seeing at the top, Better Call Saul. Not once in my life have I been told to watch Better Call Saul by Netflix. Not really? once. Really? No. Okay. And I've never seen it. You know, Next in Fashion, I'm getting those as well. Recently added, mine look like that too. Top picks for you. Let's see if this is if this is correct or not. Mm-hmm. Blade Runner: The Final Cut. Are you interested in this? Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, I think I, 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 my guess is that it's kind of a prestige movie, and that's mm-hmm. why they're they're showing it to me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Okay, okay. I am a killer. Is it what is it seeing? That's in about you? me. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Did you watch the original episodes of I Am a Killer? No, I, I couldn't do it. No, no. That's I don't. I no. don't. Li- I don't know what it is, and it sounds scary. Okay. I recently watched the nature series about like Earth in the Dark or whatever, or Life in the Dark, mm-hmm. where they have all these really high tech cameras that film animals at night and like the Serengeti at night. Um, that's a new. That's a Netflix thing. I watched that recently. Okay, was that yeah. good? Yeah, um, and it's it's narrated by Samira Wiley from from oh, Orange is New Black. That's a good voice. Keep it in the family. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Stranger. What is the Stranger? One season, when a stranger makes a shocking claim about his wife, a family man named Adam Price becomes entangled in a mystery as he desperately searches for answers. Oh, that's probably because I was Harlan watching... Harlan Coben. I was watching You, maybe? Okay. Maybe. Okay. It, yeah. So some serial killer stuff is happening up on YouTube? You was a recent catch-up for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What did you think? Um, I, I, I watched the whole first season. I appreciated the craft of it. I think, I think Penn Badgley's great. I thought she was great. I don't need to watch another episode of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah. Get, I get what it's yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, crime TV shows. That's your first big category. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense for you? Yeah. Does that track? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Riverdale is part of them, which yeah. is really funny to me. Dirty John. Uh-huh, which I still have not watched yeah. yet. The Sinner. The Sinner, I, I watched it. the first season because of Beale, and then I haven't... I did a bad thing. Yeah. You did a bad thing. So you're continue watching Steve Jobs. Are you rewatching Steve Jobs? What a movie. 
You know, I'm so glad you said that. You're about, you're about, you know, well, it looks like maybe an hour and five in. Yeah, to Steve I put Jobs. that on to go to sleep recently, even though I love that movie. Um, mm-hmm. But I find it comforting because the writing is just so like Sorkin-y and just mm-hmm. you know easy. Um, I love. I think movie. it's a great movie, and people, people, that movie is interesting. I don't. I've never spoken to anybody who's like, "Man, it's fine." It's mm-hmm. either that movie sucks or I love that movie, okay. and I, I'm glad that we're both in, in the, the latter. No, camp. I, I yeah. loved it, I, and I saw it not really, really caring, and it yeah. was a screening, and I was like, "It's yeah. free, why not?" Yeah, I loved it. It's very weird that Danny Boyle made it, mm-hmm. but made I feel it, like you know, that's the one. Th- like, if maybe someone else had made it, I would have loved it even more. It would have been a little, a little crisper. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the end gets a little. Mm-hmm. A little loosey goosey, but yeah. but even the the end could have kept the exact same dialogue. Like there's something Fully. about the end that didn't have to change. It's, it's just it's just the way he kind of choreographs mm-hmm. the end of it that feels they're they're really trying to. That's when you're like, please give us Oscars, give us you know? an ending, and, give know? us an Oscar that, ending, yeah. give us an Oscar yeah. ending. One more category that I want to go through: mm-hmm. top picks for Richard. Let's see if okay if Mr. Netflix. If Laura Dern's dear friend Ted is right. getting this correct, um, who I've met by the way, what's is he a nice guy? I met him and his daughter at an Irishman event. Yes, oh, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, Grace and Frankie top picks for Richard. Does that seem yeah? Right? That's you. I'm sure that that <laughs> that's you telling me to do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I haven't watched the new season, yeah. and that's one of those shows that like, I'm saving it kind of. Yeah. I love it. So well, much. especially after oh, Jane Fonda was so amazing presenting Best Picture mm-hmm. to Parasite. Parasite. Um, I'm like, okay, now I got to support my girl and go watch that. Yeah. I've just, you know, when people put on YouTube, like, whatever viral clip for 10 yeah. hours, uh-huh. it's like 10 hours of so and so doing this mm-hmm. when it's just the repeat, repeat, repeat it. I would love to do Jane Fonda holds for 10 hours before saying Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> and the yeah. Oscar goes to, and then that it's is 10 hours, and then she's at the very end. I came back from our Oscar party, like, mm-hmm. full, like, just soaked in champagne at 2 30 in the morning. <laughs> and I watched her say that, like, four times before going to bed. <laughs> Parasite. Parasite. Yeah, so good. American Assassin. Is that the one with Dylan O'Brien? It's the one with Dylan O'Brien. I saw that. I didn't end up reviewing it, but I did go to a press screening of it. I have a little little crush on him. It also really wants you to watch Booty Call. Well, I mean, I I wrote and directed it, so... (laughs) Which is... Pretty funny. Have I you have, seen Booty Call? Um, no, I have a funny b- Booty Call story though. Okay. Having not seen it, so I had a roommate, one of my best friends from college. We 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 were we moved to New York together. Essentially, uh-huh. anyway, for years, I would talk to her about the movie Boogie Nights and be like, "It's so good," and she had never seen it. And I was like, "It's." So, she was like, "That got Oscar nominations." I was like, "Yeah." yeah. And then when we were maybe twenty eight, twenty nine, she finally realized that the whole time since nineteen ninety seven that people had been saying what, what a good movie Boogie Nights was, I, because it happened. She was like, "You mean the one with Jamie Fox?" And I was like, "What? No, he's not in Boogie Nights." And then finally, she was. I was like, "Do you mean Booty Call?" <laughs> For thirteen years, she had been thinking that Boogie Nights was Booty. Did Call. she finally watch Boogie Nights? Had she seen uh, Boogie Nights and thought it was something else? That she thought? Oh, did she think it was called something question. else? I don't know about that. I don't. I think she had not seen either, and they just <laughs> melded in her brain. And for years, she would like be horrified, or like not horrified, but just really surprised that people spoke about Booty Call. I mean, what she thought was Booty Call, in such a, you know, I mean, reverential it's, way. It's worth it's worth being horrified because Netflix wisely changed the cover art to just a photo of Jamie Foxx from the nineties because the. Booty. the the booty call poster is yeah. iconically a, a booty <laughs> in, a booty. in the two O's, yeah. which is sort of a triumph of graphic design <laughs> in its way. Yeah, but it's yeah. also the sort of thing that maybe, especially if you were a woman, you would raise your eyebrows yeah. out and say, "Do I really want to watch this acclaimed film?" Yeah, um, our friend Patrick designed that about, that about the booty. 
Um, that's good. Thank you. I, I hate doing that. I did that with someone else. And it feels like such an invasion of privacy to hold someone's phone, but also go yeah. through things that are specifically recommended to them. It's like I'm reading like your horoscope or something. Um, you know what I tend to watch? I'm just seeing now is I watch a lot of stand up comedy. Okay. And comedian, really? comedians and cars getting coffee. Yeah. Is that sort of like a is that sort of like a zen that's, in your bed sort of thing? That's end of the night trying to go to bed like I've, mm. I, I, I've I've seen probably a, a solid half of most comedy specials on Netflix because I'm asleep by the net you know where do you prop where do you prop the thing do you prop it? I have a lap a, a laptop next to me in bed but that's only when I'm sleeping alone mm-hmm. and then yeah. otherwise but like do you but if you do you ever like do you ever like fall, roll onto the laptop oh yeah it worries yeah, me yeah. to sleep with yeah, the laptop no, I've, in bed I've broken my computer twice by kicking it out of bed or like rolling on it or but that my living situation is changing soon, so I think that um, uh, that I'll have to come up with a new solution. You can like get one of those, yeah, get like a tray, or yeah. something, and just sort of. Because like Andrew likes to watch something before, but it has to be something he's seen before. Mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. like I, he can go mm-hmm. to sleep and I'll be watching something that you know. So yeah. it's like a complicated. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Changing gears really quickly. Mm-hmm. Let's gallop over to Horse Girl. You watched it oh, what yeah. yesterday? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was at Sundance, but I knew that it was going to be on Netflix pretty soon after the festival, so I didn't. Um, you know, I, I just decided to wait. I'm glad I did. I think with the context of watching it, kind of just like in my weird little, you know, home cocoon, was better than getting in line for an hour. You know, that that builds up a lot of expectation, and I think Horse Girl for his expansive as its kind of psychological portraiture is mm-hmm. is kind of a small movie I mean I yeah. don't mean that pejoratively at all um, although it is kind of centered with this incredible Alison Brie performance yeah. um, and I know it's based partly on her own experience so yeah she is um, I don't really know her career all that well mm-hmm. and to be frank I kind of thought I didn't particularly care for her but mm-hmm. this was just so unexpected to me I'm, I number one didn't even think she was interested in doing dramatic roles like this. Well, yeah, I mean, I think she's a, I mean, she's one of those actors who got p- pigeonholed or, 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 you know, went on the comedy track because of community. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, she was doing semi-dramatic work on Mad Men once in a while. She's quite good on that. And then Glow is sort of a mix of of tone. But this is pretty much straight drama. No. And also yeah. kind of like, like I could see Natalie Portman of late playing that role. You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of like fever dra- drama, like yeah. like mental, you know, um, stuff. And um, I think she's quite good at it. And I, I always have found it thrilling. I'm, I'm not alone in this by any means of when a kind of more comedic actor takes on something serious. And I think, you know, it's kind of a trite, maybe corny thing to say because a lot of people have said it. But the comedians have a better time doing drama because comedy is ultimately harder. Yeah. Whereas dramatic actors who try to then be funny on SNL or in a movie, it's like doesn't always work. Yeah. With Horse Girl, I found it interesting because when I was reading about Horse Girl before seeing it and nothing, you know, like logline stuff like that, mm-hmm. just like, you know, the consensus thing on Rotten Tomatoes, everyone is called referring to it as darkly comic, a comedy. And I don't even think I would put that in the description. I I wouldn't call this a comedy at all. Yeah, I think a lot of times, especially because this movie was at Sundance and given that Alison Brie's in it and the director who um, uh, has made comedies prior to, I believe he's married to Aubrey Plaza, so he has this mm-hmm. kind of comedy... They're uh, just partners. Uh, oh, partners, yeah, excuse me. Partners. Um, very cosmopolitan of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, the Sundance thing, I think people were, they were like, okay, it's a quirky comedy in the and then you start the movie and you're like, okay, is there, are they going for like a Mike White kind of like Todd Solonzy, like just weird 
awkward, lonely people kind of thing. But pretty quickly, you're like, oh, no, there's like a real mounting sense of dread here mm-hmm. um, that's, I think, pretty well realized. But yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. I guess probably just saying like this is a straight drama about mental illness, potentially like schizophrenia. I think that's a much harder sell than like, like it's not going to get you know, like, you know, butts and seats. Yeah. Whenever you present yeah. it like that. I think even the title sounds a little snide you know i mean it's it, the term refers to just those girls you knew in in or men, boys too probably uh in, in grade school usually who were just like upset everything was horses mm-hmm. you know and and so i i don't know i don't know if it's maybe my what the title i would go with i guess but it, it i guess maybe it, it lures people in i was very moved by it and not necessarily disturbed but the sense of like what it feels like not necessarily because i i don't know that i can speak to the to the experience Mm -hmm. of going through that particular type of mental illness but to be an observer of it was just felt so well realized like her roommate kind of when you don't know what to do like like the molly shannon performance at the end this will have spoilers but like molly shannon is so caring towards her and this motherly figure in her life but whenever it actually becomes sort of difficult she was like i kind of want nothing to do with this yeah. Um, and I think that was what was so painful to me and sort of what I didn't. This is not the sort of a feeling that I expected from a movie no. called Horse Girl starring right. Alison Brie. Directed by a comedy director. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. I think that it's interesting that the movie was at Sundance this year because also at Sundance was a movie I know that you'll probably never watch uh, called The Father, the Father with mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins. Where watch it. Quite similarly, the movie attempts, I think successfully, again, having not lived through this experience, knock on wood. Uh, of a man who is suffering from Alzheimer's. And so the reality of the film keeps shifting and you realize that like what we're seeing is their perspective and thus not entirely reliable. And I think that both of the films do that pretty effectively while also showing what you're talking about, mm-hmm. which is loved ones, be they family or you know friends, who are, are, are compassionate and, and caring. But at a certain point, it's like, well, there's a there's a sort of toxic gravity to you, mm-hmm. you know, if when p- people in that condition, unfortunately. Um, obviously, there are selfless, tireless people who just, you know, help no matter what. But um, yeah, both films are, you know, I, I kind of, I walked out of The Father at Sundance and I was like, oh, that's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I think this kind of is a horror movie too. I hate providing commentary like this when I can't think of an actual example of it. Right. But I feel like a lesser movie would have not necessarily wrapped it up in a nice little bow at the end, but sort of made it seem like things are going to be okay at least. Yeah. And this movie does not send you with that message at the end. No. Like it's not, it's in no way optimistic about her future. No, it's not a happy ending, but it's not, I mean, it's not nihilistic. I, I think that an important thing that I should have caveated this with, you know, by calling it a horror movie is this is not a movie that I don't think stigmatizes mental illness. No. I don't think it is um, exploiting it or manipulative about it. I think, I, I yeah, it is. It has fantastical elements to it, and maybe that might be to some who are suffering from mental illness, like that might maybe seem offensive. I, I don't know. I don't really know enough about that kind of language to really to say but but no I think I think that it 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 reaches an ending that's also in some senses a beginning where like you said she is at least cognizant of her condition and and it's sort of like okay what's now what's the next thing that happens and it's not it's never going to be a neat tidy resolve you know and I appreciate that the movie doesn't you know do like one year later and she's you know fine you know And it's like, she's like looking in the mirror, taking her medication, right, and right. she's like, another day, everything's okay. And like okay. suddenly I see is playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I promise I am not going to break your heart. I promise not to break your heart. But moving on to something else, something a little less yeah. dreary. Mm. You watched To All the Boys 2. I did. To All, To the Boys. Yeah. All, t- two Boys, Two All. 
two boys, love. two wall. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I have to be honest. I, I I enjoyed the first one, but I think my enjoyment of it n- in no way matched the phenomenon that it was. I mean, people went really crazy. Can I, I don't know if I can. I mean, I can't. Believe, I don't know if I can swear on this. Um, but I think people just went so apeshit for that movie. Um, in a way that I was like, okay, like I, it's sweet. It you know, it's it's it feels familiar. Yeah. Um, despite you know, di- you know, certain di- kind of differences um, I mean like you haven't been in high school in what four years five years it'll be four in June yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah okay. um, which is crazy I graduated from high school when I was 32 yeah okay. um, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I could you know I can understand the Noah Centineo I think Lana Condor is great um, but it just I don't know it didn't latch on to me but anyway I saw this one because I wanted to review it for work because again it's such a phenomenon this whole um, thing and there's going to be a third movie they've already filmed I believe mm-hmm. and I really liked this one I thought it was um, what I really appreciated about it is because it's kind of the Empire Strikes Back of the trilogy it can be a little uh, darker in a way mm-hmm. and it's not dark I mean don't worry people listening to this it's not you know it's not Horse Girl but it is it's about kind of what happens after this happy coupling you know mm-hmm. like the movie begins and they're dating and she feels really insecure about his dating past and mm-hmm. his you know who he is at school and 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 then maybe another boy enters the picture and 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 I think it's just done very real like realistically about like what the psychology of a teenager who is kind of chasing a lot of wants at once that are some of which contradict each other um while also still being everyone in the movie is a decent person I really appreciate that as well um and it looks great and Noah Centineo you know is cute of course and has that whole young Mark Ruffalo thing going on that's quite um, winning um, <laughs> but also the new boy Jordan Fisher the who's, new boy I believe yeah. currently on Broadway and Dear Evan Hansen he's great too and you know you know when they set up like opposing love interests and yeah. one of them you're just like well obviously not that one yeah this is not obvious there's always like a yeah. sleazy like, the business mm-hmm. guy the mm-hmm. sleazy guy mm-hmm. and then the like the good natured carpenter or whatever yeah right and uh-huh. like in this one you're like oh no I can definitely see the, 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 they're they're distinct enough and that like you know, she goes with Peter. It's one thing. If she goes with John Ambrose, it's another kind of life. Mm-hmm. I mean, life. It's another kind of semester of school, basically. <laughs> Maybe the summer, but like both have their appeal. Anyway, so I thought it was. I thought it was nice, and it made me look forward to the third. Do you feel like any sort of I don't know guilt or shame for being a thirty-something who enjoys these YA movies, or do you think there is like a, a universality in, in in their appeal? I think I used to, when I was in my twenties a million years ago. I I I wrote, worked at Gawker and I wrote something. I think when High School Musical 3 came out Mm -hmm. about like why I sort of was into like teen fiction I ended up writing a a young adult novel at the time I was just basically I was like barely out of my teens I was like you know 25 or something now that I'm 10 plus years older I do feel a little bit weirder than I used to like I wrote about when I reviewed Love, Simon and I was like how to talk about this I ended up mostly talking about grown up gay people in watching that movie versus that movie itself but I think it really depends on the movie mm-hmm. when it's something like this that's thoughtful and well acted and has a sort of universal wisdom to it great when it's something and no knock on another property but when it's something like the kissing booth the I'm kissing like booth, oh this yeah. is fully fucking not for me like yeah, I I, is... I should not be watching this in mm-hmm. fact you know because it's and like that's fine. it's like it's like horny teen movie you know <laughs> in a yeah. way that I'm like no that's that, that I'm past that you yeah. know certainly Mm-hmm. And also, like, there's a difference between the people who wrote The Kissing Booth and, like, Jenny Han, you know? Sure. Like, yeah. they're, that's, that's a completely different, you know, creator. Different intents, different, mm-hmm. you know, I would even say probably different audiences to some extent. But, you know, I think also with the whole Centineo of it, like, every once in a while, and it's especially with men, like, 
there becomes like one young male celebrity who is like okay for like 30 somethings to thirst after mm-hmm. be it T- Timmy Chalamet or Noah Centineo and so there's that kind of weird like one for the grown-ups in the room sort of quality to it even though he's what 23 years old yeah. so yeah yeah um, but like you said he looks like young Mark Ruffalo so it yeah. like it gives us an excuse yeah there's almost a nostalgia to like to back to like you can count on me like 20 years ago which mm-hmm. can you believe that by the way I can't believe that I don't want to talk about that yeah I really don't want to talk about that. Yeah. That'd be a nice sequel, but you can still count on me. I'd like to see what they're up to <laughs> 20 years later. Oh, yeah. That like, seems like a very, li- like... Are you listening, Kenny? That seems yeah. like a very good, like, Lonergan experiment. Like, he yeah. probably has that in a drawer somewhere, like, oh, you I know. Oh, I hope so. That'd um, be great. But, but back to, to all the boys, you were a fan of, like, John Hughes' rom-coms. Sure. As a, yeah, as, yeah. A, as a teen, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, devoured them. Yeah. No, those, I, my sister and I, we owned a VHS of Clueless. Mm-hmm. And I would say probably for an entire school year, watched at least a portion of that movie every day after school. A um, portion. Yeah. And then Days and Confused, which was both teen fun, but also like back in the 90s, because it was just 20 years ago, there was that whole 1970s fascination, the way there is now with the 90s for today's children, or, or now, I guess, the early 2000s. And the Hughes movies came a little bit later, I guess, because we just took us a second to get to them. But um, yeah, those were super great and I like that there's a resurgence of that you know I think that it was interesting that in 2018 Love, Simon came out in the spring and then in August the, the first to All the Boys came out just kind of solidifying that that trend and, and from what I understand they've been incredibly popular which mm-hmm. I think is fun I think those movies become important sort of cultural touchstones for a whole generation um, and so they, they need those things I think it's good can you still watch like a John Hughes movie and like all the way through and feel okay oh yeah like it's yeah I think the one glaring thing and 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 it, and Molly Ringwald actually wrote about this, I believe, in The New Yorker, uh, is is kind of reassessing some of the Hughes stuff now in a new in a new era of mm-hmm. sort of broader social consciousness yeah. and and all that. And like, obviously, the stuff with the Chinese character is bad. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say his name. And also the stuff that happens to the kind of like mean girl who like is maybe sexually assaulted well, yeah. because she's the Anthony Michael stuff. Is, yeah. yeah, and you're just like, Ugh. so that movie, which had been my favorite kind of I was like well I have to reassess that similar to the way that like have you watched 10 Things I Hate About You recently? I haven't. Okay so that was like when that came out uh, my sister and I were like this is like the thinking teens yeah. teen I comedy because it, it had like years. references to literature and whatever and we thought it was the coolest movie Letters to Cleo playing on the roof at the end of the, mm-hmm. yeah, the incre- that incredible school at the end of the movie I rewatched it maybe six months ago just out of like you know, I think it was on who you know, it was on a streaming service. Uh, <laughs> Bleep it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, oh god, it's like it's a problem. Really? And spe- specifically, which was an extra heartbreak for me. Not the Heath Ledger character, although there is some there, but the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character is a total nice guy. At oh, one no. point, he yells at Larissa Olenek for not wanting to kiss him, saying, "I've been so nice to you." Oh no! Or something along those lines. And I was like, "Ugh!" Like that. And just to think that I was so steeped in that sentiment. As a teenager, I had no idea that that's what it was, and I do now. But it makes me think about like there are certain movies, specifically because this is a a, a movie aimed at younger audiences. I find myself like wondering about the future more so when I think about To All the Boys than I do mm-hmm. when I think about I don't know, Horse Girl. Yeah. Like, what is the audience of this movie going to think about when they're my age watching it? Like, are they going to look back on this fondly, like as a time in their life when like, oh, like, is this going to be a nostalgic, like nice moment for them? Or is this just kind of going to like go away to the wind and like we're going to forget that we ever saw it? But this seems like it is having like a real impact on the lives of teens. 
I, I think so. I it, think the kissing booth might be like that. Oh, remember that movie? Yeah. But like, I, I think that what happens with anything, you know, um, when you're that age, because you're still molten, you're still yeah. so forming. And these things imprint on you like Scream did or Clueless did or Days and Confused or whatever I was really intensely absorbing at the time. And so 20 years from now, you remember the particulars of the movie, but it's more you remember who you were when you loved that movie for the first time, you know? And so it's more about your personal memory than it is the standalone thing. But I think, I mean, I think these are good standalone movies, but I think that, yeah, they're, they're, they've become more sort of diffuse in in, in the sort of experience of, of the world for teenagers, I think, than, than just um, discrete movies. Um, we're going to do a little rapid fire thing before we end. This won't take long. I was looking through a list of new films added to Netflix this month. And mm. I wanted to get your opinion on them, but very quickly. Sure. So we're going to do a quick, like, best, what's the best movie of the month, according to Richard Lawson? Okay. In sort of like a rapid fire, like, gut decision sort of thing. Like a, like a bracket, but fast, but, fast, yeah. fast. Okay. Okay. Blade, I, I tried to pair them in mm-hmm. things that made sense. Sure. You, you seeded it. I seeded it. Yeah. Blade Runner, The Final Cut, or Starship Troopers? Starship Troopers. Okay. Elizabeth or The Pianist? Oh, uh, ooh, that's tough. I'm going to say The Pianist. Okay. Elizabeth, The Golden Age, or Anna Karenina? Oh, I don't like either of those movies. Um, I'm going to say Golden Age. You're going to say Golden Age. Okay. Good Time or the Police Academy movies? They're all coming to Netflix. Uh, and um, I know you're not a... You haven't seen Good Time. I have seen... I saw oh, Good I Time you, at Cannes. Oh, I thought you didn't see Good Time. No, I have seen it. I didn't love it, but okay. I loved Uncut Gems. They're, they're follow-up films, so I'm going to say Good Time. Okay. Jerry Maguire... Or Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Ugh. They just feel very 90s to Prince me, of like, Thieves, like, I mean, talk about a movie that imprinted itself on mm-hmm, me. That was mm-hmm, a big one. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Maguire, I'm going to have to go Prince of Thieves. Okay, okay. Yeah. Right, I good. like Jerry Maguire a lot. I but, get it, I get it. Yep. Purple Rain or Booty Call? <laughs> Purple Rain. Okay. Paul um, Thomas Anderson's Purple Rain. <laughs> okay. Cookie's Fortune? Oh, wow, Altman. Or Driving Miss Daisy? Forgotten Altman. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Altman, even though it's viewed as a lesser one. Isn't I think Liv Tyler's in it? She my, in my it. sister and I were kind of excited for that one when it came out. Uh-huh. I watched that. I've with mentioned my, my sister. <laughs> I watched Cookies Fortune with my sister because yeah. we both yeah. went to Blockbuster was, and we were like, oh, we want to see this. Everyone was in it, and I fell asleep halfway through, and Who's I never born? fall asleep during movies. Yeah. By the Sea. Oh wow, Angelina that's the G- G- Jolie Folly yeah. or Dear John. That's Nicholas Sparks. Yes. Oh, I. I, I'm I'm kind of a principles a principal opposition to both of those movies, but more to Nicholas Sparks. So I'm going to go with By the Sea. Okay, great. Okay, so we're gonna now we're gonna go through the mm-hmm. thing. Starship Troopers or the Pianist. Oh Christ! Um, I mean, I it's stack is like watching you. <laughs> I want to say I want to say Starship Troopers because it's such a good satire of mm-hmm. so many things that feel really relevant to today. But gotta support Campion and, and say the Pianist. No, the pianist, not the piano. Oh, the piano. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. Uh, in that case, Starship <laughs> Troopers. And the, the, wait, wait, hold on. Rewind. The, the Elizabeth wins that Elizabeth? Bracket. Yeah. So Elizabeth yeah. wins. I was thinking of the piano. So Elizabeth also wins against Starship Troopers. No. No, Starship <laughs> so Troopers Starship beats Elizabeth. Troopers. Yes. Wow. God. Uh, <laughs> the so, pianist. Okay. Okay. That's with so, Adrian Brody. Yes. Directed by somebody. Directed by somebody. Yeah. Elizabeth, the Golden Age, or Good Time? Oh, <laughs> you know what, Gold, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, the yeah. Golden Age. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Who's the other one in that? It's like Clive Owen. Everybody's um, in that. Every British man. What a weird movie. 
that they were it like, let's make a sequel so to Elizabeth a hundred years later. And she was nominated for it, mm-hmm. which is crazy. And that's like the main yeah. thing that it got. That's it. The nomination. It was just like they had, it's like, it's like when Meryl Streep gets nominated for like music of the heart. It's like, here you go. Fine. Um, okay. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves uh-huh. or Purple Rain? Uh, Robin Hood. Okay. I know that's sacrilegious, but. No, that's fine. That's, fine. that's fine. That's fine. You said By the Sea or Cookie's Fortune? Uh, let's say Cookie's Fortune. Okay. Okay. Well, now let's 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 go backwards. Uh huh. Only a few more rounds. Yeah. Starship Troopers <laughs> or Elizabeth the Golden. Starship Age. Troopers. I think I think I know it's going to win. Robin Hood or Cookie's Fortune. Robin Hood. <laughs> okay, and then finally, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, or Starship Casper Troopers. Casper Van Dien versus Kevin Costner. Yes. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Casper Van Dien, but not for that, not because of him. Kevin could never win against Casper no. Van Dien no. in 1990. What seven? Yeah, yeah. He couldn't, he really couldn't, Kevin couldn't win against Dina Meyer, who plays, I believe her name is Izzy, who uh-huh. is the kind of like yes, cool girl yes, who yeah. unfortunately doesn't make it to the end of the The movie. iconic shower scene in Starship Troopers yeah. that was for certain adolescents in the 90s, uh-huh. an in, a, formative for all kinds of types of people. Yeah, I went to see that movie. Like, did you see? For a, that was 97? Uh, yeah, 97. 14th birthday party. All boys and a parent. I think you can imagine. And everyone was like, what oh. that sort of like, there was an immediate, like, <gasps> of like just <laughs> the room, just sort of oxygen left it. Um, and I, you know, yeah. And all eyes on, all, all eyes but one pair on Denise Richards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I checked my phone. <laughs> um, okay, that's fine. So the best movie on Netflix in February of 2020 is Starship Troopers. I feel totally fine with that. That's I believe okay. The, when I was growing up reading Entertainment Weekly reviews, it's the only review I read in that magazine where the, um, I think it was Owen Gleiberman reviewed it, did not give it a grade at the end because he was like, I, if this is earnest, it's terrible. If it's satire, it's brilliant. It's and I just brilliant. don't know what it is. And I think it's uh, satire. But I think especially now that it's on a platform that where people can you know view it more widely, uh, this is what happens to things like they need this sort of period where people can re-examine them like enough time has passed right. where people are going to re-examine Starship Troopers like in mass yeah. and say like actually it was pretty good I mean the guy it's already who, started happening the guy who made L is not making Starship Troopers earnestly yeah you yeah. Know? So. and I mean and what's also crazy about that is that he had made Robocop just exactly. fairly recently and like we is... know what to expect yeah. from him yeah 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 Okay, Richard, thank you for having this conversation about all sorts of things um, with me. It was so much fun. You can read Richard's uh, writing on Vanity Fair on his Twitter account at Rylaws. You can listen to Little Goldman wherever you get your podcasts Mm -hmm. and his upcoming still watching podcasts about Watchmen and perhaps something Uh, uh, else. Westworld. Westworld Westworld and Mrs. America. Okay, and Mrs. America. That'll be great. Uh, Well, thank you for being here, Richard. I'm sorry, Jane Campion, that I confused you with a certain other director. Oh, she'd love that, though. She'd find it funny from her storage container in the rural New Zealand where she lives. With her straight gray hair. She she always makes actors look like her. I know. It's It's wonderful. Perfect. That's the best thing she does. Thank you, Richard. Bye. 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 